Marinucci doing a special report for Beatles News Brief from Capitol Records where we're here for the White Album listening session. The session hasn't begun yet, but they're playing uh, outtakes from the White Album on the speakers in the background. Uh, a couple of celebrities are here. Peter Asher is here. Jane Lynch is here. Um, a lot of writers are here. Jack Oliver from Apple is here. And everybody's waiting to hear the outtakes from the album that will be presented by Giles Martin. I'm very excited. We'll have more later. Hello, this is Steve Marinucci with a special report on the White Album listening session we attended on September 28th at Capitol Records in the historic tower on at Hollywood and Vine in Los Angeles. I, you know, it's hard to really say much more than it was amazing, and I'm not saying that to over be over dramatic or to overhype anything because I'm not. I don't do that, but it was pretty amazing. It really, really was. Um, about uh, I'd say 150 of us were gathered in recording studio A um, on the first floor of Capitol Records, which is interesting because it's right outside the door. I should say, right outside the door of the studio is a picture of Frank Sinatra, which I posted on the Beatles News and Information page. Uh, me standing near it, but there's a picture right across the hallway from where the Frank Sinatra picture is of Paul standing next to the picture just as I did, uh, and I couldn't resist doing that. I, it, that was fun for me. Um, but anyway, um, we got there about 10.30. It was supposed to start about 11, and it started pretty close to on time. Like I said, there was about 150 to, to maybe 200 people. There were several celebrities. Jeff Jones, the CEO of Apple Records, was there. Jack Oliver was there. Um, Jonathan Clyde from Apple was there. Peter Asher was there. Uh, Bob Clearmountain, who those of you that are Rolling Stones fans will recognize that name, was there. Um, one of uh, Duran Duran was there. Um, Jane Lynch, actress Jane Lynch was there, and we talked to her, and you'll hear a, a little interview we did with her um, later on in the program. And we also got to spend 15 minutes with Giles Martin. And, I'll, and uh, two of the questions that uh, part of the conversation uh, are included in this podcast. But... Uh, you know, it's hard to it, it's really hard to go on and on and on because it it, it was just amazing. Um, they played 15 songs, uh, five songs from the Easter demos, and that's the way it's pronounced now. Uh, somebody on the in the Beatles News and Information Group the other day told me it was Easter, and I kind of looked at it and I didn't believe it, but it, that's it's very it's very true. That's how it's pronounced, Easter. We heard Back in the USSR, Sexy Sadie, Not Guilty, Obla Dee, Obla Da, and Child of Nature. Now, everyone's heard the bootlegs. And in fact, they mentioned the bootlegs before, uh, Giles mentioned the bootlegs before he started playing them. But the quality of the Easter demos on the set is absolutely mind-blowing. For one, they're in perfect stereo, and the clarity is amazing. When the first notes of, of back in the USSR came through, I was I was floored. They sounded fantastic. 
I never was really able to really um, take them very seriously because of the quality in the demos uh, on the bootlegs. But when you hear the versions on the remix set, you will be astounded. You really will. You won't believe the difference is like night and day. And then we heard five outtakes from the set. We heard Cry Baby Cry, I Will, Julia, While My Guitar Gently Weeps, and Good Night. There are, uh, let's see, um, John talks about uh, uh, the, the, uh, the track getting better at the end of Julia. While My Guitar Gently Weeps has a, has a very cool, very searing solo from Eric Clapton that's different than the the master version. And then uh Goodnight had uh there's three takes of Goodnight uh on the on the um set. And uh that was really uh, that was really interesting too. And then finally they followed it with five one mixes of Dear Prudence, Mother Nature's Son, Long Long Long, Happiness is a Warm Gun and Helter Skelter. And those on the Capitol sound system, it was it was like being, it was like I I I can't I, again I don't want to over dramatize anything and 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 over hype it but it was beautiful I mean the the quality was fantastic the the mixes are really good what was one one thing that that um, Giles said in introducing the five point mixes he said do not play the Revolution Number Nine Five One Mix in the Dark. He says it's the most frightening thing you've ever heard. Um, they did not play that, unfortunately. And I asked him. I think I asked him about that later, and he was telling because of the all the 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 way that was mixed and all the sounds in it and everything, and the way everything kind of floated all around. But it was it was amazing. Um, the the session itself was amazing. Um, uh, we were all floored uh, uh we were everybody was just taken aback and it it was it was just wonderful the one thing that Giles said at the beginning was you know there's always been the the um you know writers have always said it sounds like the beatles were not together on this album because you know it sounds i mean you've you've heard people say it's four different you know, it's them starting to be solo artists, and Giles said, no, 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 that's not the case at all. You'll hear with the outtakes, you'll hear that they are playing together. That so that dispels that. But it was it was fantastic. It really was. The funny thing about being in recording studio A, which is where the listening session was held, was that it was also the site for the recording of Kisses on the Bottom. At any rate, here is. Uh, uh, some of our interview with Giles and uh, an interview we managed to get with Jane Lynch uh, as she was leaving the White Album session. How long did this project take from from beginning to end? We we actually started uh, listening to stuff uh, at the end of November in 2017. Okay. And then I suppose I finished the last thing and signed off and everything in May 2018. But it wasn't constant, otherwise you'd go mad. Uh, but long time. I mean, it's a lot of, there's a lot of material to go through. Well, yeah, with two and albums. With two albums, and also the way they're recorded. Um, that 
it's really important that we listen to everything for the fans and for the Beatles you can't skip stuff you can't have a bad day at the office and so in a way you kind of do it you dip in that all the studio outtakes I would dip in and out of and not do in one block because otherwise I'd go mad right right well, um, you did the the pepper and you've done this what was the difference in doing pepper and this what was there were there different challenges with with pepper yeah I suppose with pepper that everyone was focused on the remix of the of the record because of this fact the band's mix was the mono mm-hmm and we, you know, almost took the influence of the mono and mixed the stereo. With the White Album, we had to find out why we were doing it before we agreed to do it, if that made sense. We started doing it without it being officially, you know, it's not as though we have marketing meetings and they go, we're going to release this at this time. Well, um, you kind of hinted at it in that, yeah. and everybody was going, we're doing the White Album next, right? And you were going, no, no, no. But yeah, you, I, you had to agree to these things. Like, Sergeant Pepper I didn't agree to. Oh, really? Yeah, Sergeant Pepper I started doing and said, listen, I'll start doing this, but I don't think, I'm not sure this is a good idea. And we started doing it. I'm only going to do it if, it's, if it sounds good. Okay. And I thought it sounded good. And I was like, we, we should do this now. And they were like, okay. Well, I don't know if I said we shouldn't do this, but it's fine, we get someone else. But I do have that trust. You know, Paul will say to me, what do you think? And I'll go, this is what I think. And mm-hmm. I suppose I do to a certain extent because I think it's really important that you're... It's really important not just print Beatles ashtrays and sell them. It's, not, it's the same, but it's not. It's important that I don't just don't just work on stuff so people can collect them and put them on shelves. You know, I want people to listen to things and be and feel love and feel emotion and feel inspired by things, and that's why I do it. That's the reason mm-hmm. why I do it. So you have to dig deep and find that. With the Beatles, it's easy because they have a lot of that. But at the same right. time, the White Album makes you feel a certain way, and you have to make sure that you feel that way when you listen to it, and then. Then it's the the other thing that drives me is I go to the studio and I get to press play on tape machines that no one ever hears or tapes no one ever hear. Right. And how do I get other people to experience that? Mm-hmm. Not just the sake of the sake of experience, but to be inspired by it. And I think if you hear someone talk or have a conversation or you, and then start singing like we with John with Julia, it kind of emphasizes the genius of the guy opposed to demeans him. Right. Because it's this oh it, oh it's it's that easy. It's that easy, is it? For him, not for us, it's that easy. You can go, yeah, I'm going to try like this, I'm going to do this, and you start singing, and it's like, this beauty comes out of it. One of my best experiences was, I worked on a concert with Joni Mitchell once, she sat where you are sitting now, about five feet away, and started playing hijira on a, on a guitar. Mm-hmm. And it was like, music just came out of her. It wasn't, it wasn't like a, and that's, to me, that's better than anything else. Mm-hmm. And so, that's the motivation behind you suddenly realize that with, with all of these bits and bits and bobs in the White Album, the Isha demos and the outtakes, you can tell that story. And I suppose, you know, even though remixing an album like the White Album is a huge task and I, I'm very proud of what we're doing, it sounds good, that was almost less of, of a thing that was with Sergeant Pepper. And I'm here with Jane Lynch who who came to the listen session. Jane? Yes. I know every breath of it, and uh, it's. I think. Now you singing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just.
just I loved it, and it was really moving too to hear it it's so beautifully. Uh, it's, it's you know to have Giles Martin, the son of uh, George Martin, uh, be in charge of this and talk talk about uh, you know how he re- remixed this and all the outtakes. It was just really really wonderful, and um, I'm so happy right now. <laughs> it was just great. I think this album and then Tapestry were the two albums as a kid that I played over and over and over and over. Thank you very much. Bet. Take pleasure. care. The bulk of the Giles interview will be the basis of the story we're writing for Access.com on the listening session, and you'll see that soon. Um, We'll let you know here when it's uh, available. And um, we also may feature more of it in an upcoming Beatle News Briefs. Um, So uh, stay tuned and come back and see us again uh, uh, for not only this, but for all the regular Beatle News, which... We didn't get to this time. Uh, we figured we'd we'd just uh, uh, limit it to the to this because it was so good and such a big thing. And um, but uh, we'll we'll be back with more of the regular or the rest of the news next time. In any event, uh, this is Steve Marinucci uh, saying thanks to Fab4Radio.com for uh, bringing us to you. Um, Thank you for picking us up on TuneIn and iTunes and Podbean and everybody else that we're featured Stitcher. Um, but thanks again for for all your for all uh, your listening to us. And um, if you have comments or suggestions, we'd love to hear them. Um, please write to us uh, at BeetleNewsDesk at gmail.com. Anyway, take care, folks, and have a great day.